Okay, so today we're going to talk about Rachav. Um, Rachav is a very interesting and rich character, as we will see today. Um, and what's interesting about Rachav is that she's the first significant character at the opening of Sefer Yehoshua, right? Which is really the start of the, the period of Nevi'im um, and the entrance to Eretz Yisrael for the Jewish people. So hopefully by the end, you know, it, it, when we start off, you know, thinking about Rachav, like, oh, why is she the first character that we encounter? Like, this seems very significant. You know, the opening to Sefer Yehoshua, they're going into the land, like, and she's the first character that, that we hear about. Like, it's, it sounds very striking. Um, and hopefully by the end, we'll, we'll appreciate really why that is and, and why she has that role. Um, and, and maybe we'll compare her to somebody else who also in, in Torah has a, seems to have a similar role. So we're introduced to Rachav in the second chapter of Sefer Yehoshua. And we meet her in the context of Yehoshua sending two spies into Eretz Israel before the nation enters. So I'm on source number one, Pasuk Aleph. Vaishach Yehoshua binun min hashitim, shnaim anashim meraglim, right? Two spies, cheresh, quietly, lemor, lechu reu et haaretz ve'et yericho, vayelchu vayavau bet isha zona, ushema rachav, vayishkevu shama. So these two spies are sent into the land to go scout out the city of Yericho. And they go to the house of this woman. And the way that the, the Pasuk describes this woman, right? Bet Isha Zona, right? The house of this woman who is Zona. We'll see what Zona means, right? Ushma Rachav. So it's almost like the first thing that the, that the Pasuk wants us to know about her is that she's an Isha Zona. Right? Like, her name is almost secondary. Mm-hmm. Right? Normally, like, when we're introduced to people, like, we hear their name. Right? Normally, when their name is secondary, that's very significant. Right? Like, why isn't, why is it, isn't it saying their name right away? Why is it saying it after? Right? So here it's very clear that the name is secondary. And w- what the Pasuk wants us to know first is that she's an Isha Zona. So what does that mean, Isha Zona? Right? So it means a couple of things. So we're going to look at the Radak. Right? The Radak says, Zona kemashma'ah. Zona, a prostitute, just like you would think, right? Okay. Or he brings another interpretation of the Targum Yonatan, or Mocheret Mazon, right? Zona Milashon Mazon, food, okay? Right? Kemoshetirgem Yonatan Pundekita, an innkeeper, an innkeeper that feeds people and sells food, right? And and really, and then through, throughout the, the course of his commentary, he says, really, right? right? Because she kind of sells herself to everybody. So maybe that's why he interpreted as, as an innkeeper, somebody that sells food, somebody that sells herself. So really, the two professions go hand in hand, right? She was an innkeeper. She took people in. She fed them. And she probably had her, you know, prostitution business on the side as well. Um, and but this this professional life of hers, this colorful professional life of hers, mm-hmm. is significant. Okay. Um, Wait. One, yes. Going back to the first one. Yes. And and they lay there. They slept with them. No. So the so uh, many. Good question. Mm-hmm. 
so many of the commentaries point out that they didn't they they did not sleep with her. There might be one that suggests maybe, but most many most of the commentaries suggest that they don't sleep with her. And you will see now in the, the next commentary in the Malbim why they went to an Ishazona, right? Why would they go to a prostitute's house? Why would two Jewish men go into a prostitute's house? Right? Why would that be? So the Malbim is going to answer that for us. Good question, right? So Vayavobit Ishazona Ushmarachav. Two reasons why they went to her house. The first one, right? So that people wouldn't realize that these were Jewish men. Because everybody knows about, I'm, I'm on the bottom of page one, sorry, there's no English, because I, I couldn't get English to the Malbim, but I'm, I'm explaining it. So, right, the first two reasons. The first reason is so that people would not realize that these were Jewish spies, they were Jewish men, because everybody knew, right, the, the inhabitants of Eretz Kena'an knew that the Jewish people, they don't like this type of immorality. They don't go for this type of immorality. So they, they used it as a ruse, so the people wouldn't know that they were Jewish and that they're coming to scout out the land. That's why they went to her house, her being a prostitute. And the second reason, bet, the second reason they went to her house because her name was Rachav. Rachav literally means wide. Mm-hmm. Okay, she was she was widely known. She was very well known. Um, etzel gedole haaretz. Wide or wise? Wide, 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 like width. Yeah, because she was widely known um, amongst gedole haaretz. Right, the great like people. What? It seems like a stretch. Little, no? What seems like a stretch? Not that her name was Rachav because she was widely known. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, I hear what you're saying, but like literally, like literally in Hebrew, the word means wide, right? right? And then, okay. so they're saying she was widely known, right? Etzel gedolei haaretz, amongst the, the officers and the more important people of the land, right? Um, and, and through this, right, probably through her, her professional life, right? Niglula sitre gedolei haaretz v'sodotehem, right? She would... She was privy to all these types of secrets of all of these officials, right? She knew what was going on. Um, she, this, this woman was, was, had very busy professional life, but she was also very smart. And she knew how to get information out of people. And because there were so many people passing through her home and her inn and she was feeding people, she, she, got, she got information. And, and she knew many people and she knew very many important people. So the spies knew that if they're going to get information, she's the person to go to to get the information because she has the information, okay? So those are the two reasons that they went to Rahab's house, okay? This bit Ishazona. I'm on second page, so let's continue in chapter two of, of Sefer Yoshua. Right? The king of Yericho found out that there are two Jewish spies coming to check out the land. The king of Yericho automatically sends people to the house of Rachav, saying, right? Give me the two people that came to you, that came to your house, because they're spies and they're coming to scout out the land. Right? So he's working, what's the king of Yericho is working under the assumption that what? What's his assumption? Spies. That they went to her, and what's she, and what's she gonna do? She'll give them up. Yeah, that she'll give them up, right? King of Yericho, she's she's widely known, right? The king of Yericho thinks he has an in with her, maybe. That and he's thinking she's loyal to me. She's gonna give them up, right? But let's see what actually happens. 
ותיקח האישה את שני האנשים ותצפנו. And she hides him. We'll, we'll see why it's written in Lashon Yachid instead of, mm-hmm. right? Right, so she takes mm-hmm. the two and then hit him. So what, right, what's going on over there? We'll, we'll, we'll see how the commentaries address that, right? And she says, she hides them. And she says, oh yeah, two people came to me and I didn't know where they were from. And she, she, she tells them, she tells them, she plays dumb. She says, yeah, you know, they, they were here. But yeah, Charlie's Gorbachoshech, the, the gate was about to close, about to, about to be nighttime. And they left. I don't know where they were going. Right? Go, go, they just left. Go quick and chase them. Maybe you'll get them. Okay? But in the meantime, the he'elatam hagaga vatitmenem bepishteh haetz haaruchot laal hagag. Right? She had taken them upstairs on the roof and she hid them. And in pasuk zayin, the officers of the king of Yericho are running after the spies. Right? They're looking for them. Um, and right, so she creates this. She she gets them out. She creates this uh, this this scene where she really does have them hiding in her house. But there, she sends the king's officials out. She makes up this story, and she tells them to go chase them. We'll see in the commentaries how genius what she did was, um, and, and kind of what was thinking and what was really going on here, right? But then she goes up to the roof to where the, the spies are, where she hid them, and she goes and she talks to them, right? Now that the king's officials are out of her house, she could go talk to them. So I'm in Pasuk, I'm in Pasuk Chet, Right, right before they went to bed, she went to go talk to them on the roof, right? And she tells them, Yadati, I know, right, that Hashem is going to give you this land, I know. Right, everybody in this land is afraid of you. Right, all the inhabitants of Eretz Kinan, of Eretz Israel, are all. Are, are afraid, are, are just afraid of you, right? Why? Right? We heard that God dried out the waters of Yamsuf so you could cross, right? And how he took you out of Egypt. Right? How Moshe killed the giant, Sichon and Og. Right, Vanishma, we heard, our hearts melted, we're afraid. Like, nobody has the, nobody wants to dare go against you. Right? Because your God is with you, everybody's afraid. Okay? So, we have the king who assumes she's going to be loyal. She doesn't, right? She decides to help the spies. So, we have to. Ask ourselves, why does she do that? What is she like herself? What like when she's she's living where now? In in Yericho, yeah, just like a whatever. Yeah, like an inhabitant of Yericho. The Psugim actually say that she lived like on the wall, right? Um, like literally, right? The Yericho was a, a walled city, right. so that she lived on the wall. So that the commentaries discuss, like, did she was her house really like on the wall, or did she really live in the city, and then she would just come to the, the wall to like you know do her business? Um, but the fact that she, the fact that the the psukim go out of its way to tell us that that's where she was probably indicates that she, you know she wasn't like very well off, like she was probably from like a lower socioeconomic status, which probably led to why she was in the profession that she was in. Um, 
you know. It's not Jewish. She just knows no. of all the Jews, mm-hmm. knows of God. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. She's not Jewish, and, and like, you know, no, it, the nations, right, the seven nations of Canaan, obviously, they're not Jewish, but they know, right. they heard, right? All the nations heard, right? Okay. right? And again, we'll, we'll talk about the end, like, who else heard, right? Um, but she, so the Pesukim tell us, why does she betray the king of Yericho and hides the spies. So she expresses because we heard and we're all scared, right? Now, is this because she's being practical, right? We know she's a practical woman, right? She's, we're going to see, she's, she's smart. She knows how to look at a situation and decides what's best. She has street smarts. And like I said, we're, we're going to see exactly how she has her street smarts. But is it because she's being practical or is it because she's spiritually inspired from this nation that she heard about and from God's miracles? Unclear at this point from the Pesukim, right? But it's a question to just keep in mind, right? Was it practical? Was it because she was spiritually inspired? We're not really sure. But let's look at now the... Con- she, put herself in she put herself in danger, but she knows that they're going to end up on the winning team. And she wants to be on the winning team. She knows that they're going to come in and they're going to take over the land, right? The, she heard that these, this nation came out of Egypt, who was also a pretty strong country, right? Paro was a strong king, right? And this, their God split the sea for them and they overcame all of these wars in the desert, right? Sihon and Og, who were giants, they overcame them, right? So she, she knows that they're probably going to overcome them, you know, the nations of Canaan also, so, right? Like she knows that, they're, that, she, that she, they don't stand the chance, right? But I hear what you're saying. She did put herself in danger. But she seems to think that that danger is worth it for her, right? Um, so the Radak, okay? So the Radak talks about her, how, you know, her, her wisdom and, and what she did, right? So I'm on the bottom of page two, source number four. Right? When did she hide them? Because the psukim seem to be a little bit, right? The, the officers are coming and then the psukim tell us that she hid them. But no, she hid them from before. Why? She sensed Right when they came, the king's going to not be far behind. He knows these people are here. I need to act quickly, right? She knows what to do. She, she sees the scenario. She acts. She knows she's smart. She knows what to do. The Radak, Vatitzpeno, right? So here we're going to get to why it's written in Lashon Yachid. He brings two reasons. The first reason, very, very practical. Again, she's very smart. She hides them in two separate places because the king knows that there's two people. So A, if he finds one person, right? So maybe he'll think, okay, this is not them because he knew that there were two spies. Or if he catches one, at least the other one has the chance to run away, right? There's less of a chance of them being found out if she hides them separately versus together. So that was also her quick thinking. And then the Midrash tells us that the two spies were Pinchas and Kalev. Pinchas, we know, was a very, very holy and a very high spiritual level. So the Midrash says that he had... um, he had qualities of a malach that he disappeared. He was able to stand in front of Kalev and he became invisible. So she only really had to hide one person. 
the, so that's that's the midrashic answer for why it's in in lashon yachid, right? But the simple answer, according to the radak, is that she hid them each separately, and that was like a tactical move on her part. Why is this important? She hid where she hid them? No, whether she hid one or two, like why? Because we're sh- we're showing that she's smart. Oh, right. She has okay. instincts. She's she thought of. She's thought of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, right? And we're, we're, sh- we're showing also how she, she the, the king's officials, like, came to her house and demanded something, right? And not only did she manage to get them out, but, like, she did it in a very smart way where they, he wasn't even suspicious, right? So this just, just goes to her character of, like, how she handles herself, right? She has street smarts. The Barbanel, yeah. Let me ask you, Pincus is um, the fellow who killed all the... In the Torah, right? Yep. All right. Sorry, ladies. It's yep. like, it was a long time ago that I have to wait to Pasha HaShavuot to come yep. and get around yep. that's, again. That's exactly so right. So is that his Zuchus? Because I don't remember if that comes before or after. I, oh, imagine it must have happened before. before. Because, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, so being an angel, uh, was that his Zuchus? Or that was just yeah. his thing? Yeah, no. It, he was, like, rewarded with, like, you know, more that a higher ability? spiritual level because of because of what he did, how he acted. He was a Kohen, okay. right? He was in the... He became, he was okay. rewarded okay. with the Kehuna. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm not trying to show yes. up. Yes. No, no, no. No, you're right. You're 100%. Those neurons in my brain. Of course. Of course, of course. Much. Okay. So the Abarbanel um, also picks up on how Rachav answers the king's officials, right? And he says in source number five, right? Ritzono lomar... She says, the fact that the, 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 the spies got away, it's your fault. You knew that the Jewish people were coming to scout us out, and you left the gates open. Who does that? It's your fault. So now go quick, she tells the king's officials. Go quick. Go catch them. Go close the gates quickly. You, you, you know, go fix your sin before the, the king finds out, right? She, she deflects the attention off herself. She shifts the blame onto, onto right, the king and their mistakes, and, and, and she gets them out of her house. So again, right, we're, we're showing that she's, she's smart. She, she assesses her situation. She, she's, she knows what to do, right? Um, and now why is it a big deal, Right? Why is it a big deal that the king is coming and, and wants these kings? Right? This is another thing that she knows, says the Abarbanel. Right? Right? She knew that the king is going to try very hard to get these spies because they're also afraid. They also know the Jewish people are coming, and she knows the king is going to try very hard. So she responds in kind, and in her wisdom, she gets them out of the way, she gets them out, she deflects the attention of herself, and she gets them to go on this wild goose chase, right, to find people that are in a place where they're not, right, and, and, and she sends them out. Okay, so up until now, we've established that she's smart, she betrayed the king for her own, right, she betrayed the king against... Uh, her not better judgment, but against who she should have been loyal to, right? Um, or she, who, who the king thought she would be loyal to, to be loyal to these spies. So the question is now, like, right, what's in it for her, right? Like, is she gonna, like why is what's she, she thinking, this? right? Why is she doing this? So we know she's afraid, but where's she going here? What, what, right, where's she going with this? Okay, so we have to continue reading in, in the Perek, right? So I'm on source. 
Yeah, that's at the end. Yes, the Gemara tells us that she married Yehoshua. It's like a Walt Disney really? movie, right? Yeah, I didn't know why, that. Why yeah. did the king suspect her? Yehoshua, yeah, Yehoshua. Why did they suspect after all? the guys who gone straight to her? Because because she's she knows she's well. First, she sits in the she lives according to them at the opening to the city, right? Two, right? She's she's an innkeeper. That's where people go to seek shelter, right? Or if the king knows that she knows her things, like we've established, right? Because she's close with all these government people, right? And all the officers. So they're going to be smart. They're going to go to her because they know she has all the answers. So the king is going to quickly also go to her and say, eh, don't help these people, right? So we have to continue on in the parak, right? What's, so now what's in it for her? Um, okay, they attach. And so she, she gets them to, to, she cuts a deal with them. She says, listen, I just did you a favor, Right? And now, because I did you a favor, I want you to swear to me. Right? Swear to me in, ha- in the name of Hashem. Because of the chesed. Right? I want you to do me a favor now, just like I did you a favor. With, and what's going to be that chesed? She says, I know that your nation is coming and you're going to destroy the city. I'm asking, because I just saved your life, I'm asking you to save the life of my family. Save my parents, save my siblings, save my whole family, and, and spare them from this war that that's that's about to happen, okay? Vayomru laha anashim, and the the spies answer her. Listen, nafshenu tachdechem lamut. Right, our lives are literally in your hands. Right, if you keep our secret, we're good. We have a deal, okay? Im lo tagidu edivarenu zeh vehaya betet Hashem lanu et haaretz. Right, next page. If if you don't keep right, veasinu imach chesed vemet. You keep our secret. We will do this chesed for you, right? And she she lets them out. She lets them out through a rope on the side of her window, right? Probably it was there because that's where she that's how she let out her clients, right? So her house was set up for secret uh, exits, okay? Um, and and here's where the pasuk tells us, right? Ki beta bakir hachoma. Her house is in the wall of the city. Ubachoma hi yoshevet. And this is where she dwells, right? Vatomer lahem haharalechu. She tells them go to the mountains, right? Penifke ubachem harodfim, so that the the people chasing you won't won't find you. Venechbetem shama shloshet yamim. Go hide there for three days. Ad shov harodfim, because it's going to be about three days until the 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 you know, the road theme, the people chasing you until they come back. Okay, so she tells them to go hide. Shloshet yamim for three days, right? The Radak picks up on this shloshet yamim. What's the significance of three days? Amru rabotenu zichronam livracham magid sheshata ruach hakodesh al rachav. Right, this three days signifies that she got ruach hakodesh. Where else did we see that? We saw it two weeks ago with Esther, right? At the end of three days, Vatilbash Esther Malchut, that she also got Ruach HaKodesh, right? So this, this seeming three-day thing seems to be kind of significant for, for divine inspiration. 
Right? Right? If she never Kodesh, how she know they're going to come back in three days? And then, he explains because she calculated that the journey, by the time they go and come back, it's going to take about three days. Right? So either she was being, like we've established, very smart, very practical, right? Because she has the ability to do that. Or as a reward for what she did, she merited to have Racha Kodesh, right? And Hashem enabled her to help the spies even more, right? Right? When a person wants to do something and has the right intentions, right? We have the saying that Hashem helps them and leads them and guides them to go in that way, right? So either explanation works here. Okay, so they, they go and, and they, the, the parrot continues, right? They come back after these three days, okay? And they tell her, um, right? And they say, listen, when we come into the land, you hang this red string, right? This red thread, scarlet thread, right? Red in your window, right? The window that we came out from, you put that in your window and that's how we'll know where your house is and where to get the people out of when we come and invade the city, right? Right. Make sure that everyone in your family that you want to save is in your house, right? So we will know to come save them from your house based on the string in your window, right? But... If anybody leaves your house, damo berosho, right? It's his fault. So he caused his own death, right? Damo berosho. And it's not our fault because you didn't abide by the rules, right? You, you, you went against our condition, right? If some bad befalls anybody that is in your home, that you put in your home because we told you, then it's our fault, right? And then their blood is on our hands. Okay? And if you spill our secret, where this whole deal is off. We're absolved from what we promised you. Right? So again, they're reiterating the terms of the deal. The spies are giving her specifics. How are we going to know which, right, which family, who to save? And the spies tell her, right? right? And she agrees. Right? And she sends them out and she ties the red string in her window for when the time comes. Um, sorry, this is before they left for the three days, right? They were still talking while they were still in the house. And then at the end here, right? They go in the, in the mountain and they, they stay there for three days until the, the search kind of subsides. Okay? And then they go back to Yehoshua after these three days when they're not being chased anymore. They go back to Yehoshua. I'm on page five, Pesukim, Kaf Gimel, Kaf Dalid. And they essentially go tell Yehoshua what happened, right? The end of Pesuk, Kaf Gimel, et kol hamotz ototam, right? They went to tell Yehoshua everything that happened and what they saw in Yericho. 
And what's interesting in Pasukaf Dalid, they told Yahushua, Hashem for sure gave us this land in our hands. They use her exact language of the fear that befell the people of Yericho and the people of Kenaan, right? She, told, she tells them the exact same thing. They use her same exact language. Okay, so that's Perak Bet, right? We have this deal. They meet Rachav. We talked about how, right, we saw how smart she was and how she hid them, and then she did them a favor. She, want, she asked them for a favor to save her family. A bunch of things happen in between uh, Perakim Bet and then Perak 6, Perak Vav, where the story picks up. The Jewish people go into, into Eretz Kinaan, the Yarden splits, um, a bunch of things, right? They, have, they give Korban Pesach. And then it, it picks back up again in, in Perak Vav, in chapter 6, where the Jewish people actually go into Yericho. Okay? So it's game time. It's showtime now. What's, what's going to happen? Okay? Pasuk, I'm in source number 8, chapter 6, Pasuk Yudzain. Right? The whole city of Yericho is going to be Cherem. Cherem can be defined into two ways. One, Cherem is that it will can be completely and utterly destroyed, right? Like Chorban, sort of. Um, or Cherem will be that it, you, we can't touch the spoils because it's all Kadosh for Hashem, right? In, in this case, Yericho was the second one. Um, none of the spoils were allowed to be taken. The city was destroyed and was not allowed to be rebuilt. And the Jewish people were not allowed to take anything from the city. In fact, Yehoshua put a curse on whoever builds up the city. Um, nobody was allowed to to rebuild it. Of course, unfortunately, somebody did. Oh yeah, is it? Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. That's interesting. Really? Wait, what does it mean? Haram. Interesting. Cherem. So cherem, like maybe okay, interesting. Shabbat, he held the sun. Hashem held right because was that's with the sun that that Shabbat didn't come. Oh, oh, oh! That's so when the day elongated. The reason why they can't touch the spoils of this. It could be. Was it there? Maybe. Not sure. I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. Because we never had that before. Right. That was a miracle. The, the no, I mean, we Shem- never had... I mean, we always were able to take the spoils whenever we fought somebody prior... Except in in certain like, in certain yeah. conditions, God declares cheren what, what what we can take and what we can't take. So in in the in Yericho, it was you know they couldn't take anything, right? But the whole city was going to be destroyed. But um, the whole city was going to be destroyed. And v'chol asher ba'la Hashem, right? Everything in the city was designated for Hashem. Nobody was allowed to to rebuild the city, right? Rak rachav hazonatichyeh. Only Rachav, right? And again, the Pasuk tells her the, the Zona, right? Because this is this is important to who she is, right? Because it gave her the wisdom and and the smarts and the you know the um, astuteness to do what she did. So she she is she's Rachav Hazona, right? And the, the Pasuk Huh? That's a heroine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. From innkeeper to first lady. We'll see how she becomes the first lady. Johanna already said. 
Um, well, she was. She started right. <laughs> she started off as we could have said the harlot, but I don't know. I, I wasn't sure that should go on a flyer. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so right, Rak Rechav Hazonatichye. She's the one that's going to live. He vechol asher itaba bait. Right, her and everybody that's in her house. Ki hechbata et hamalachim asher shalachnu. Because in the merit of the reward, in which she hid the spies. Now again, we don't we don't know from the pasuk. Did she hide the spies for because she knew that if she does them a favor, she's going to get a favor in return? Or because she was spiritually inspired? We, we still don't know, right? Did she do it because she wanted to be loyal to Hashem? She was so inspired by all these miracles that she heard about? Or was she just being practical, right? Unclear. The pasuk, again, just says, because she hid the spies. Again, why'd she hide the spies? Yeah, I, what are you thinking? Why are you Shama thinking Shama? You're thinking of Aishma Yitro. Very good. We're going to get to that in the end. Yes. Perfect. That's exactly where we're going. Yeah. Um, okay, good. Right? So, and then the, the, the war happens. Okay. And then at the end of Perek Vav, I'm in Perek Vav, Pasuk Kafbet. On the at the end of source number eight on bottom page five, velishnaim haanashim hameraglim et haaretz amar Yehoshua Yehoshua goes. It's right. The, they invaded the city and right. The Kohanim circled the city seven times and they blew the shofar and the wall fell. Right. It was a it was a whole miracle how the city was taken over. But Yehoshua sends the two spies back to the house of Rachav. Right. Amar Yehoshua, bo bet ha'isha hazona, right? Go back to this zona's house. Ve'hotziu misham et ha'isha ve'et kol la kasher nishbatem la. Make good on your promise. Do what you promised her. Go take her out and go take her family out. And they do it, pasuk of Gimel, right? Ve'yavohu ha'ne'arim ha'meraglim ve'hotziu et racha ve'et aviha ve'tima ve'tachea. They take they take her, they take her father, her mother, her siblings, right? And all of the family that's with her. Ve'et kol mishpechoteha hotziua. Right, and they take them and they leave them outside the camp of Yisrael. The city is burnt, destroyed. Right, the, all the materials, the gold and the silver, right, were were put designated to to, to be used for holy purposes. But again, but Rachav the Zona again, right? She's Rachav Hazona ve'ed Bet Aviha ve'ed Kol Lasherla Hechayeh Yehoshua Yehoshua, you know, made her live v'teshev bekerev Yisrael, and she dwelled amongst Yisrael, right? Wow, that's significant. We have to talk about that, right? Ad hayom hazeh until today. Wow, what does that mean? Ki hechebiya, again, because she hid the malachim asher shalach Yehoshua leragel et Yericho. So again, the, the psukim are not clear. They just tell us that she hid the spies. Why did she hide the spies, right? What does this mean, v'teshev bekerev Yisrael? What do chazal, now we're going to turn to chazal, right, the rabbis, and see how do they view Rachav? What do they make of her role here? Um, and what type of personality do they, you know, interpret her as, right? I think we have to say she's positive, right? I don't think we can say anything negative, uh, maybe because of, you know, what, what, she, what she did. Her, her. They talk about her children, her family. But did she have a husband at this point? At this point, no. But we're going to see who her husband so ends up being, like we said. Yeah. 
So, so doesn't seem doesn't doesn't say she has one. I mean, again, she's a zona, so she probably doesn't. Right, it doesn't, it doesn't say, the psukim don't mention her children, saving her children. Um, right, which is also interesting because, you know, say what you want about her being a zona, right? She, she never actually even asked for her own life. She asked for her family's life. She never asked that she herself would be spared. Okay, so that's important. That's interesting to note too. Um, okay, so the Gemara, okay, in, in, we're getting to, Johanna, what, what, with what you brought up, or I forgot, maybe it was what Linda brought up, right? The Gemara and Masechet Megillah, Amar Rav Nachman, right? Rav Nachman, one of the rabbis in Gemara say, Chulda mi bnei banav shel Yehoshua hayta. Chulda, who was one of the seven Neviot, was, was, came out of Yehoshua. Okay? So this other rabbi challenged the, challenges this and says, wait a second, there were eight Neviim that came out of Rachav Hazonah. Right? And he lists them. One of them is Yirmiyahu, who we all know, right? And, and on that list is Chulda, right? Af Chulda mi bnei baneha shel Rachav hazona. So then the two rabbis put that together and they say, oh, it must be that Rachav and Yehoshua ended up getting married. Right? That's the last three words of the Gemara. Deigaira venasva Yehoshua, right? Like, literally, like Nasiv, right? They got married, right? She converted and she married Yehoshua, right? So that, that's the Gemara's taking, she literally dwelled in the camp of B'nai Israel, right? She became the first lady, essentially. She married Yehoshua um, and, and she converted, right? So, okay. Great. Now, the, the Gemara also has another statement about her, right? Maybe it's not all daisies and roses, but let's see. The Gemara talks about her background. And what does the Gemara say? Right? En lecha kol sar venagid shelo ba'al rachav hazona. There was no important official or, or government, um, right, master or ruler who did not Go, go to Rachav Hazona, right? She was literally with everyone, right? But Eser Shanim Haitak Sheyatsu Yisrael Mi Mitzrayim. She was ten years old when the Jewish people went out of Mitzrayim. Vezinta Kol Mem Shana Sheyu Yisrael Bamidbar. She was prostituting herself for all forty years that the Jewish people were in the desert. Achar Nun Shana, but when she was fifty, Nitgaira, she converted, right? Amra. It's like yeah. Shemitah time. Ah. Reading all this from? The Gemara on the bottom of page six. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, in okay, in Mas- yeah. tractate Zevachim, right? Um, and now on the on, on the top of page seven, she said, "Yehem machuli bischar chevel chalon upishtim." She said she she told God when she converted, "Let me, um, let me be forgiven in the merit of the the string in the window and the pishtim. The pishtim were on the roof." that she hid the miraglim under, right? Like, midah keneged midah. We all mm-hmm. like midah keneged midah. Midah keneged midah is, like, very, I think, inspiring and validating for us because we feel like, you know, yesh din ve yesh dayan, right? Like, you, like they got what's, you know, they, they get what's coming to them, whether it's good, whether it's bad, right? With paro, too, we saw the Esther makot, midah keneged midah, makat dam, right? Because he spilled the blood of the Jewish babies, um, so, and, and the Gemara says just that, right? Yes, she prostituted for 40 years, the whole time that, that they were in the desert. But then she does this thing, and in the merit of the red string and the pishtim where she hid the, the, um, the spies, she was, she was forgiven. 
So clearly, again, even though despite her very colorful background, the Gemara here in Zevachim and before in Megillah seem to really portray her in a very, very positive light. I think even more so than the Pesukim. Because like we said, the Pesukim just kind of present her as smart and she did something good, so she wants the favor returned, right? That's what we get from her in the Pesukim. We don't get anything beyond that. But the, but the Gemara really does view her very, very positively. Not that, but more than that, in source number 11, she makes Chazal's list, she makes the rabbi's list for the four most beautiful women, right? Chazal lists, the rabbi's list, four women who are very strikingly beautiful, right? One was Sarah, second Rachav, third Avigail, and the fourth Esther, right? Now, what's interesting about these four women is besides for being noted for their external beauty, all of these women intervened in a very significant way on behalf of their families. They all acted on behalf of their families. Rachav, we just saw. Sarah, right? She saw Yishmael being, mm-hmm. she kicked him out with Hagar, and right? she agreed to be her husband's sister instead of her husband when they went to Mitzrayim that time. Yeah, yeah, right. She did, did what was good for him, right? She yeah. always chose her family and what was good for her family, right? Avigail also, she was the wife of Naval who and who cursed David. David wanted to go kill him and she went out and she begged David, you know, please don't kill him. It's not worth it for you to have this crime on your head and she convinces David not to kill him. David rewards her. Um, her husband Naval, who was not a great guy, right? They say Naval Kishmo Kenhu, like he was like a nivela, like a like a oh, disgusting right. human being. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know that. Yeah, don't don't the story. story. I don't know Abigail. It's in Shemuel Bet. Shemuel Bet. It's in Shemuel Bet. And then she ends up marrying David. She ends up being one of David's wives. Yeah, but she says about her husband Naval, right? Kishmo Kenhu, right? He's he's. So she, but she convinces worth, David, not worth, not right, not worth the crime. Um, she convinces David not to kill him, right? So again, very, very heroically. And Esther, we, we know, we, we talked about her last week, right? So what's interesting is that these women are beautiful on the outside, but they're also very heroic and beautiful and strong on the inside. And Rachav makes that list, right, with these three, right, Sarah, Sarah, Imenu, Avigail, Esther, right? And, and Rachav is, is there with them. Um, now we're going back to, Linda, what you said Right, When the Jewish people are doing the right thing, they draw these tzadikim, right? These these righteous people from on the outside, like Yitro and Rachav. So th- this is interesting. Now this this. The, the Yerushalmi specifically puts Yitro and Rachav in the same category. So you already picked up on that, right? She says, She heard, right? When you're thinking, right? Which is also significant, right? Rashi says over there, what did he hear? He also, he heard the miracles, mm-hmm. right? And we know Yitro also, many of the commentaries held that he converted because he was spiritually inspired. So if we look at Rachav, especially if we're comparing her to Yericho through that lens, right? Yeah, she was spiritually inspired. And perhaps that's what motivated her. Maybe if it didn't motivate her from the beginning, you know, it came at some point. Okay. 
And even if you want to make the case, as they do for Yitro, not everybody, most of the commentaries held that Yitro converted. Some say that he didn't. And it's the same thing with Rachav, right? Some say, so, do some say that she, maybe the case is strong for Rachav, right? The Gemara says that she converted and she married Yoshua. Yeah. Where does Yitro come in from? Like, okay, Yitro comes in because the the the, the Gemara the, the, the Gemara puts them together in a category as righteous non-Jews who were drawn to the Jewish nation, right? And if you think about it, there are a lot of similarities in their stories, right? They're non-Jews; they're on the outskirts. Rachav was a prostitute. Yitro was a was a Midianite priest. Right, the commentaries tell us about him that there was no avodah zarah that he didn't bow down to. Right? We have that history here at the school. You heard of Mr. Carmel? No. He taught um, class of '77. He was our English teacher. Um, he used to be a priest, and somehow he made a connection with. I think it's Rabbi Haramadi. I'm not really sure, but he converted, and he was very just like this. You know, like he just got the ruach. Right, he was he was inspired. You know, you're a priest, like you know. Right, exactly. So, so the same thing with Yitro, right? So, and and they say the same thing about Rachab, right? There was no important official that she wasn't with, right? Mm-hmm. And somehow they both found their connection to Judaism. Not just that, but think of their placement. The story of Yitro, we're told about Yitro and his inspiration right before Matan Torah. Mm-hmm. It's Perak Yudchet of Sefer Shmuel, Perak Yudchet is the preparations for Matan Torah and Perekaf, smack in the middle of Sefer Shmot. Sefer Shmot has 40 Perakim, right? Perekaf is Matan Torah. We're, we're told, we're introduced, you, you would think, right? Like, don't we have other significant mm. people to hear about before Matan Torah than this Midianite priest, right? Don't we have more significant people to learn about as the Jewish people are going into the land of Canaan, right? No, we don't, because this, that's exactly the point, right? These, these people, with their, right, despite their histories and despite where they were from before, right, they were inspired by the Jewish people, and, and Hashem took them in, right? We're gonna, it, the Midrash here, the next Midrash in, in um, source number 13, right, Again, also puts, puts these two together. Rachav Beitro, and with Ruth also, right? Ketzad. Omer umot ha'olam, lama lo kiravta etzli, vehu omer kshaiti rasha muhlat. Ah, this is interesting, right? This is, this is when, when Hashem judges the, 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 the non Jews of the world and, and asks them, why you didn't seek me out? Why you weren't inspired by my people? And they, they answer, no, I was very evil. I had no shot, right? And he says, were you like Rachav? Rachav the Zona, who was who right was a prostitute for forty years, and she used to have all these people and criminals coming through her her home. And she I I accepted her with open arms, right, because of what she did. So, what are you going to tell me now? What excuse do you have, right? Says says the midrash that this is how God judges the the non Jews. So, what we have here is the story of a woman with a colorful history who we know is very smart, who I think we have to say at this point, right, became drawn to the Jewish people because of who the Jewish people were. The same way that Yitro was, and he's drawn to Moshe, right? He comes to Moshe, the, the, the psukim go out of its way to tell us that he went to go seek out the Jewish people in the desert, 
right? And he and and Rashi says over there that he left his comfy, cozy, royalty, you know, royal home in Midian, and he goes out to the desert to hear divrei Torah and and to be closer to the Shekhinah. So we have these two characters who become inspired by a life of Torah, by a life of Judaism, by what the Jewish people do, by what the Jewish people have the potential to do, right? How much more so, we're, we're in it. How much more so um, do we have to be inspired from within and from our own? And how much can we do for the outside when we are doing the right thing, right? We, we do draw the right people. We do inspire the right people. So, right, the, this is what these characters, Yitro and Rachav, have to to come and, and, and tell us. And yes, they do need to be at these very specific points in history because this is what this is this is the message that they come to tell us. What's really this requires like a lot more time, but it's worth just mentioning, right? Yitro and the war with Amalek um, are together before Matan Torah. Right? So it's like how do we how do how does the world respond to us as Jews, right? Do they respond as Amalek? Do they attack us and try to, you know, defeat us? Or do they, you know, come hear what we have to say and, and like Yitro, right? So what do we want to um, what do we want to draw, right? Do we want to draw be positive and draw the Yitros and the Rachavs, right? Or you know, God forbid, we don't want to attack the Amalek. But it's two different perspectives on how people react to us. And we have that right here. We see that from Rachav. Okay.